welcome to episode four of Geekers Creepers. I'm your host, Robert, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jose. How's it going, Jose? Hey, what's up? Great night tonight. Yes, it is very nice. And to anybody new listening and uh, to any people that have listened before, uh, this is our weekly podcast dealing with the geeky side of life, mainly video games, but we also talk about other pop culture events. And then we talk about the creepier things in life, mysteries, unsolved mysteries, missing, missing persons, supernatural phenomena, and things of that nature. Today, we, uh, to do a quick summary, today we're going to be talking about a good topic, a good amount of the topics we'll be talking about is the uh, Xbox S, Xbox Series S and X, and the pricing, and now that that's, this all came out, literally when we did our last podcast, as soon as we finished up on that, the leak came out like about 30 minutes later, and so we just missed the boat on that. So we're going to be talking about that. We'll be talking about the Dreamcast is uh, celebrating their anniversary, um, as well as other topics. And then on the creepier side, we'll be talking about the missing, uh, the missing sailors, I guess you could say they were at a lighthouse, the missing sailors. And we'll be asking what we believe may have happened. Uh, was it supernatural? Was it uh, psych psychosis? We don't know, but we will be talking about that. So Jose, again, thank you for joining me as usual. Oh, and yeah, no uh, problem. Uh, let's start out by just asking the things we usually ask, and that is, are you playing anything new to uh, this week? I am not playing anything new. I am still catching up on um, Super Paper Mario. Um, I'd say I'm about 75% done playing it. And uh, a great game. I, like I said, it's a very charming game, very easy game. Um, I don't think I've died once that game. I mean, they give you so many power-ups and the bosses are literally like hop on them up, you know, just like old classic Mario, hop on them a few times and, and poof, they're gone. But it's very charming. The graphics are, are very great, I, you know, a very uh, Mario style, you know, uh, I want to say kitty style graphics, but, you know, it's a great game. I'm, I'm, I'm having a great time playing it. That's cool. I know you were playing that last time too. Uh, mm. Yeah, I've been, um, I just been touching uh, now that we're hosting these, um, uh, uh, this podcast, I feel like I got to start doing playing more video games than just dead by daylight. So <laughs> I've been, um, I've been playing a lot more. I finally, I'm almost done playing uh, like Grand Theft Auto Lost and Lost and Damned. I think I'm almost done. But the one thing I don't know if you've ever had encountered this in games. I know I have a bunch of times and it's getting, it's, it's annoying. It's like the game is, it's not easy, but it's not difficult in any way. But I think I'm now at the last level and they hike up that difficulty level to the point where I'm, where it's absolutely nothing like what I was playing beforehand. And it just gets to the point where I want to beat the game, but it makes me want to put the game down because it's just too difficult. It's getting too tough. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've definitely had a, a few of those games as well where you're like, you know, it gets to a point where you just want to beat the game. And like you said, the the uh, final bosses, or <clears throat> excuse me, the final stages are just super hard. And you're like, oh, man, like, I mean, you know, they're going to be hard regardless. But it seems like you're right. Like they spike it up a little bit extra, maybe just to drag out the the, the game a little bit longer, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, so that's that's I play that one. And then, of course, I've been jumping and doing a lot more VR gaming. I know you like VR gaming. Um, yes, I've been uh, uh, trying to think which ones I've. Uh, I tried to get Resident Evil Five again, but that one just 
scares me like crazy. So I, I, I can only get like a, a minimum amount of game time in that one. And then I've just been jumping in. Oh, I'm sorry. I remember I just, I played and I beat the game called Along Together. Have you heard of this one? I have not. Along okay. Together. Along Together. If um, I know you're a big fan of Astrobot. Yeah. Think of this if um, uh, if uh, um, if Astrobot is I don't know what's a fancy grocery store um, if if Astrobot is like we live out here in the Chicago area so if if Astrobot is like a Mariano's right think of okay. along together <laughs> as a um, as an Aldi it's uh, okay. it's the cheaper version but it's actually pretty good oh, um, oh I've never heard of it. If, if to any listeners, if you have VR and Jose, if you get a chance, if you see it on sale for like four or five dollars, I'm yeah. telling you, it is. It's the game itself is maybe about you could probably beat it in about two to three hours, but it's like okay. Astrobot. It's it's a lot of puzzles. It's not so much. It's not a platformer. It's more puzzles. But you lead this character. It's fun. It's it's cute. You know, it's one of those things you're just like, you know what? That's a fun experience. Nothing's jumping yeah. out to scare me. I'm not. You know, I'm not pooping my pants every time I turn a corner. <laughs> it's just a fun game. And I, I beat that one also. So I would definitely recommend that to, um, uh, and I definitely recommend that to anyone that enjoys uh, those top-down 3D games like VR games, like Astrobot. Mm -hmm. And um, and like I said, it, it, this company also does many of these games in general. So they're actually, I've played a few of their games. I, I think it's called like Turbo Button something. I, I do apologize if I got it wrong but they do many of these games and they're actually all pretty good for VR games. All right. I'll definitely keep an eye on it because um, I'm looking at a video right now and it does have a very like uh, Astrobot style, um, you know, platforming kind of game. It looks pretty, mm -hmm. it looks pretty damn good. I'm telling you it's, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I bought it for like three, $4 and I played, I'm like, you know what? This is uh, this is actually a fun game. It's a uh, fun game. game. And then the price is, is just right too, you know, three, four dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with that said, let's uh, start out with talking about the news of the week. And we are going to start talking about the Xbox Series X and S prices and also what we thought about the leak. So according to, now there have been many articles regarding the um, Xbox Series X and S. But I'm reading out of the, um, and this is out of pocketlint.com. I know this is a very prestigious website with, along with the New York Times. So uh, I'll be reading out of pocketlint.com. <laughs> All right. And, um, but I, I, I made sure that what, the, what they put on there was correct. So this is, this is pretty much the same as um, what other news sites have been reporting. So there was the, as I mentioned before, when Jose and I, and I got done with the, our podcast on Monday, I think we got done around, I want to say it was around 10 o'clock or so. Um, soon thereafter, there was the leak that came out regarding the pricing and what the Series X and Series S would, um, uh, would consist of. So now you've seen, Jose, you've seen the different designs of the two, correct? I have, yes. Okay. So now let's talk about, and for anybody that hasn't seen it, we'll, I'll include a, a link to this website and you can see it. The X is a uh, bigger square and... And the S, I do apologize if I get them wrong. I don't, it's, it's confusing to me. But the S is then the thinner version that's white with the white circle. Um, I honestly, I think both designs are actually pretty nice. But 
the processing and graphics. So I'm going to read this from the article on the website. It says both the Xbox Series X and Series S will be powered by a custom Zen 2 8-core processor, but the Series X CPU will run at 3.8 gigahertz per core and the S at 3.6 gigahertz. They differ even more greatly in the graphics processing, with the Series X sporting 12 teraflops of RDNA 2 graphics. The Series S will have four teraflops of RDNA 2 graphics. RAM is also different across machines. The flagship console will have 16 gigabytes of GDDR6 RAM, while this, its stablemate will have 10 gigabytes. Uh, furthermore, ray tracing will be supported by both but while the Series X will be able to run games in full 4K resolution, the Series S will be locked at 1440p, but both will run 60 FPS natively, although are capable up to 120 FPS. Now we talk about the storage. The X Series X will come with one terabyte of internal SSD with an expansion slot for an additional proprietary one terabyte drive. In comparison, the Series S will have 512 gigabytes SSD to keep the cost down. Now let's talk about that, the cost. Uh, this, is, uh, this is the one that surprised everybody when it came out on Monday. The Xbox Series X will cost $499, while the Xbox Series S will be $299. Um, they're both... Uh, I'm citing what it says here in the article. It says that they will be released on November 10th, 2020. So Jose, to start out with, uh, I know we can always go back and review our podcast where we talked about it, but do you happen to remember what you thought the price was going to be for this? Yeah, I thought, it, um, I, I believe I said it would probably be the same thing, $500 and $300 or maybe $400 for the, um, the cheaper model. I, I'm, I think you said that too. And um, I think maybe you should look into a career in um, uh, uh, fortune telling because I think, I think you had pretty close. Yeah. Well, uh, first I want to say that, uh, if you don't mind, Robert, no, I want to get this off my chest because the Xbox series X slash S is the dumbest name I think ever. Everyone's getting it mixed up. Everyone's confused. I saw this one YouTuber today earlier and he looked frustrated trying to read, you know, between Xbox One S or Xbox Series S, Xbox Series X, Xbox One X. It was all like in the same paragraph and he was just like fed up. And I'm you like, know, you know what? I've, you know, I've never liked the name either since it came out. Um, like the whole... uh, yeah, I've been listening <clears throat> to some podcasts and a lot of them say they're like, Oh, people won't get confused. It might confuse the mom and pops that are going to the store and buying games for their kids. And I'm like, like I'm one of those mom and I don't have kids, and I'm one of those mom and pops because I have yeah. no, you know, like which is the X, which is the S. I agree. I think, I think the this naming convention was, um, uh, it is, it's, for better word, just dumb. You know, I mean, it's dumb. It is. It reminds me a lot of. Um, what happened with Nintendo with their Wii U? Do you remember mm -hmm. how everyone was like, well, is it a Wii? You know, they thought it was an add-on to the Wii, you know? It's like, it's just horrible name branding, and it's just, you know, I don't know. But, hey, what, I guess, what do I know? <laughs> yeah, and, and, and look, at the end of the day, I can't think of a better, you know, you're right. I mean, I, 
I, I don't do marketing so or, or I don't name Xbox machines, so I don't know which one to do. I think naming yeah. one the white and naming the other one the black would make it things even worse, to be honest. You know what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, but at this or point. You know what I, they should do? Mm-hmm. Maybe just drop Xbox. Just name it Series X, Series S. I, you know, I can see that. Yes. I mean, it, w- it would make more sense. I don't, but or drop start... the series or something, you know, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. I, Xbox and Xbox Lite, kind of like what Nintendo does. Yeah. Yeah. Or Xbox X, Xbox, Xbox S. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with that, with the uh, confusing naming convention out of the way, what do you yeah. think about the news regarding just like, you know, the price, uh, the specs on both of them? Um, do you think this is a good move that uh, uh, Microsoft did? Hmm. You know what? I'm, me personally, personally, I don't care if it, it could have been two nine, uh, one ninety nine. I'm not buying it. You know, I'm not buying a, a digital edition or, the, um, yeah, the, the, you know, the discless version or the Xbox Series X for five hundred. It could have been three hundred dollars. I'm not, you know, me personally, I'm not going to buy it. Um, it's a lot of money, um, to be honest, um, for for the Series X when you have no um, exclusives. You know, you're paying five hundred dollars. I mean, granted, they kind of doing that right now with their uh, Xbox One X sort of, but to me, it's just like, hey, you know, it's a brand new console. I would at least like one exclusive, you know, to see what it looks, you know, to, you know, to show it off, you know, that's why you're buying it. Well, we're going to be touching base on that in a bit because our next topic is going to be about the streaming service. Um, Well, what do you think about the prices? um, I think that the, I think it's a, it's going to be competitive to with Sony. So I think that's a good, I think the pricing is a good idea to make it 500 and then make the other one 300. That's $200 less. That is enough to get a lot of people in the door, even though like you're right, they don't have the exclusives. They don't have any, any games that are just, uh, that, that people can highlight and say, yes, I want to get the Xbox for that game. You're right. They don't have that. Um, They are going to have that streaming uh, service. And the, uh, like I said, the other thing is a $300 price for $300. If I can play, the games maybe I, they won't be in 4K, but I can pay. I can play next gen games. You know, maybe I would buy one if I was. You know, if I was an Xbox. Uh, if I mainly played Xbox, I'm. I'm a Sony person now. I I do own X. I do own the originals. I should say that. So I'm not. I don't like one over the other. But I just I. With the funds I have, I'd rather stick with Sony. But, yeah, I mean, for somebody that's an Xbox fan, I could see them saying, "Look, I don't have the 500 right now." But 300 is not a bad deal for me to play on my, you know, to play next gen games and and enter into the streaming service. I, I think I think it's enticing. I think it's a good way to compete against Sony because I think Sony's going to come out in I think tomorrow they have their they have their conference and they're going to come out. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to be able to meet the $300 price tag. And and Xbox is is, is going to win over some people with having the cheaper, um, a cheaper uh, alternative and also a very competitive alternative. 
Now, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. If, um, now, this is my speculation, that uh, the uh, PS5 Digital Edition, I think it's going to maybe cost $400. <clears throat> Would you rather just save up, you know, an extra $100 and get a PS5? You know, you get native 4K, you get audio exclusives, you get all the third parties. Mm-hmm. You know, I, right. me personally, I'm like, you know what? I, you know, the, the Xbox Series S, it's cheaper, but, you know, you don't get native 4K. You don't get the exclusives. Um, you know, I, me personally, I'd, I'd be like, hey, I'd rather just come up with the extra $100, you know, like I said, there's no exclusive right away anyway, so there's no rush to um, pick one up. You could just save up the money and get a PS5. So, Jose, to answer your question, I, if I was uh, like, if I didn't own Sony right now, a PlayStation, <laughs> and I didn't own an Xbox, and if I were to choose, and, and let's say I, I understood all the benefits of each side. I understand that this one, Sony has these great exclusives. Um, now, the one thing is Xbox does have that streaming service that I can play all these games and possibly even Halo when it comes out. Again, yeah. I'm, I'm putting myself in this fantasy world where I also like Halo games because I'm not a big fan of Halo. <laughs> um, but you know, if, if I was, if I like them all equally, um, I may go with the, uh, I may actually just pay the 300 and go with the Xbox. I'm not gonna lie because I think, um, Having having all those games at your fingertip, you could just say, "Hey, I want to play. Um, I want to play Halo. I want to play Forza. Uh, I want to. I want to get a game of Madden. I don't have to buy them. I'm streaming them like Netflix. I can just jump on and, and play them. Now, when we talk about our next topic, I'm going to touch touch base a little bit about the uh, about the streaming and how I think that might negatively affect our the um, gaming in the future. But for right now, I think the way Microsoft is promoting it, that might be tempting to me because Sony really doesn't have that. Now, again, I see where you're coming from with the exclusives. Don't get me wrong. I would love to play Miles Morales. I would love to have um, Ratchet and Clank, Ratchet and Clank, uh, the uh, Forbidden Lands. What's her name? Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Probably the new God of War, even though the last one I was still lukewarm, but I would love to play the (laughs) God of War VR all they that are great um, enhanced yeah uh, but i could see where the temptation is with that 300 right now to say yeah, yeah that that's what i that's what i want yeah um, i mean it's definitely competition is good you know um we'll see what the playstation does tomorrow with their pricing but yeah in my opinion i don't know it's like a $300 i mean it's a good price don't get me wrong $300 is a damn good price uh, for a next gen or well yeah it's a next gen console but you know to get the true experience in my opinion i would just either save up the hundred dollars you know to get a, a ps5 or save up the extra two hundred dollars and just get an xbox series x hmm. <clears throat> gotcha. you know because right now they have a you figured like i said they have a drought on exclusives so you have time to save up, you know, but Hey, a lot of people want to jump in right away. So it's a good starting point. I mean, for, for, you know, for Microsoft, it's a good, um, 
you know, uh, definitely a good advantage to have uh, the, the $300 price range. But, you know, is anyone going to buy it? That's going to be the question. Yeah. Well, we'll see. And we'll talk about this when we find out about the, uh, about the pricing with the, uh, like you said, with the PlayStation. Okay. And on to our next topic, as I mentioned before, we'll be talking about the Xbox streaming service and Xbox rent to own program, also known as Xbox all access. So this is actually straight from the news on xbox.com. So this is coming directly from Microsoft. So regarding Xbox all access now for no up, no upfront cost and one low monthly price for 24 months, Xbox All Access gets you a new Xbox One S or Xbox One X, access to more than 100 great, great, great games through Xbox Game Pass and online multiplayer with Xbox Live Gold. Now, let me give you just a little detail. There's no upfront cost, cost one low monthly price, 0% APR for 24 months. I feel like you're buying a car. 24 yeah. <laughs> months of Xbox Game Pass, 24 months of Xbox Live Gold, and limited time offer. Oh, you have to qualify for this. Now, they say that the uh, All Access starts at $21.99 per month. And uh, now, of course, if you add up all the, the $29.99 per month times 24, it's going to be more than the price of an Xbox X or S. But remember, yeah. you're also getting that live service with the hundreds of games. So this is what Microsoft is banking on that people will, will, uh, will uh, aim to, will, will prefer the Xbox over PlayStation because of this, this new all access program they have initiated. What do you think about this, Jose? You know what? I mean, it's enticing, you know, it really is. I mean, you're only paying, what'd you say? 20, 20 uh, $21 a month. Twenty one ninety nine a month. Twenty one ninety nine. I mean, you get you know the all access. You get you know your 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 Xbox Series X. You get unlimited uh, access to games. It, it's a it's a cancel your Netflix and your um, Hulu, and there you go. And you've got it's not that. bad actually. It's a pretty good deal. I think it's a pretty good deal because what you're doing is you're pretty much you're paying off your Xbox. It's kind of like a cell phone plan. You're yeah. paying off, you know, the Xbox for the next 24 months um, mm -hmm. with these monthly installments. And on top of that, you get all these games. I think it's very competitive. Now, of course you have to qualify. That's the big thing. So I don't know what the qualifications are, but you have to, you know, it's not like, you know, some 16 year old kid can walk into Best Buy and be like, Hey, uh, you know, <laughs> I want to rent a, or at least an Xbox, you know, they got to qualify for it. Yeah, see, and that's the thing about um, what are they going to do? Repo your um, Xbox if you don't pay? <laughs> that's what, that's what I was wondering too. So I was thinking about that. What happens if you can't pay it? And yeah. I think now this is just um, this is me making this assumption. So I've never read this before, and I'm just I'm just making this up. But I wonder if they have some kind of kill switch where you always have to be connected online because you have all access. So the second you stop making a payment, they pretty much brick your Xbox. You can't use it for anything. 
You can hack it. <laughs> hack it. Jose's gonna start his own um, uh, his own services. He's <laughs> like, so uh, you stop paying your Xbox online fees? I got you, Holmes. <laughs> I can hack it. I got you, fam. I can hack it. It's gonna be like a remember back in the eighties and nineties when everyone had a cheater box. Yeah. Guy that knew how to, it's gonna be like that with Xbox. Like, oh, yeah. right. <laughs> you sign up for it. You don't. You 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 know you default on your first month. You just get hacked. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta start a company. It's gonna be called Hackbox. <laughs> Hackbox. This is Hackbox Series yeah. X. Yeah. Um, yeah. You won't be able to stream games, but you know, I don't know. That's a good point. That's a that's an interesting point. I don't know how they're gonna enforce that if you default on it. Yeah. Now, I, I mentioned one thing earlier um, was about the streaming service. I I like it. I, I like the way it, you know the. Um, the way that's starting out right now, we get all these games. Um, and maybe we could touch base on this on, you know, some other date on, a, on another, on another podcast, but I'm going to be honest. I've got, I have a feeling that the streaming service is slowly going to be, it's going to lead to not the downfall, but it's going to lead to a dark time in, in video games in gaming. Yeah. and in gaming. And the reason is this, if let's say I'm Rockstar and I'm making the next GTA or maybe not Rockstar because they're really big, but a bigger company like that, like Rockstar or something like that. And they're making a big game where if they sell it, um, they can make, you know, millions, even close to billions of dollars. Right. Or if I'm a smaller company, if I sell my game, I can make a good amount of money. But if I want my game to get out there, I, I'll have to, you know, include it in the streaming service. Now, if I'm a game developer, why would I make a game that you can beat, you know, in like 10 hours or so, you know, it would be like, well, once you're done playing it, that's it. And I stopped getting any revenue. I'm assuming these people get revenue every time you log on to play the game, you know? Yeah. So if I log kind of like in Netflix, when I log on to watch a Netflix TV show, that company makes that money. And mm -hmm. so these companies, you know, it'll lead to a lot of, um, I can see this leading to a lot of publishers saying, hey, when you make that game, either don't make it a story-based game, or if you do, add all these DLC, all this downloadable content, all the stuff that they have to pay in order for us to make more money on the back end. Because we're not going to make the money like we used to selling the game because we're only getting a little portion because people are, are streaming it. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, it's definitely going to lead to um, some interesting times up ahead um, with all the streamings um, and the, the whole digital media. You know, you're right. That's definitely something that we have to uh, touch upon, you know, in a, in a future show. Yeah. And what our feelings are about that, because um, I'm not in favor of it. Me personally, you know, I, I prefer physical media. And but I understand, you know, the the developers. You know, they want to, you know, I mean, milk it as much as they can. Mm -hmm. You know. And and I absolutely I absolutely agree with you. I, I prefer. I've always been a fan of physical media and I mean, don't get me wrong. I do download a lot of games, um, mm -hmm. but with the streaming service, like you're never going to own them. And again, the, I mean, and that just me might be because both of us were, so we remember having like, like we can, I can go to my basement and pull up my, my original super Mario three cartridge for the NES, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, for us, for there to be only streaming 
And for developers only making like a, a certain percentage that they used to make before, I can see that they're really going to add on a lot of unnecessary DLC, a lot of unnecessary things for people to pay them to get other things in the game. And also you're going to be paying them for like, let's say you buy clothes, you know, for your character, right? Yeah. If you pay for that, you actually don't own that because the second you stop paying for the streaming services, that's it. Yeah. You, you know, that's it. You just pay for something that you have to pay to stream to own it. So I, yeah. like I said, we could talk about this on a later date, but I could see that not right now because right now is kind of like that golden era where it's like, yes, I could finally play these full games. But as developers make games into this, I can see them taking advantage of the fact that, um, or not even taking advantage, but the nest, they need to, they need to make money on the back end somehow and adding these, this unnecessary, um, unnecessary things to gaming. Mm-hmm. All right. So Jose, with that said, um, that was a little downer there. Uh, uh, let's talk about, uh, just real quick, you've seen the design for the Xbox Series X, S, and the PlayStation 5. What do you actually think about those designs for the next generation? You know what? I, I like all three of all four of them, really. Well, I wouldn't say all four of them because the, the PS5 um, and the PS5 Digital are, are similar other than you know the disk drive. But I like all the designs. Um, I like the um, the Xbox Series X, the way it looks like a little cannon, you know, with the little green. Um, it looks like a green light that glows at the top. Uh, um, the um, the white version, it reminds me of my uh, subwoofer from my um, surround sound. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but you know, it's supposedly it's the smallest Xbox that's ever been made, and uh, you know, I thought I like it. You know, I'm a big fan of that. And um, I'm definitely a big fan of the PS5's uh, model as well. I'm glad that they went back or that they changed from um, black models. You know, they've had the, the PS2 was black, mm-hmm. PS3 was black, the PS4 was black. You know, this one, I mean, I think this one, um, you can change colors, you know, but I'm glad that they're coming out with the white version at least. But I, I like all, all three models, actually. They're all pretty pretty cool. I wouldn't mind, you know... Uh, having them displayed proudly over here with with my mantle of other consoles. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, I agree 100%. I like all three models. I always hear, there's always this hate on Twitter, this hate on the internet. And I, I'm like, what do you guys want? You know, it's yeah. like, in your opinion, what would be a good, uh, good model for uh, the next gen console? You know, so I, yeah. I like, I, I agree. I like that green design with the black box. That looks really cool. Um, yeah, that one has the, a very similar to the um, original Xbox, like the top. Exactly. Like, I don't know if exactly. you remember the way it has like that green circle on the top mm-hmm. with the X shape, but you know this is very like you know an an homage, I guess, to it. Yeah, it it definitely is. It's got a, that neon green that shines. I'm just like that looks really cool. You know, it's it looks really cool. And then the other one, the one you call the subwoofer, that one's got its own personality too. I mean, it's it's something different. And honestly, uh, as much as the um, uh, the PlayStation one gets made fun of too, I like it. And when I looked at the PlayStation one, the first thing I thought was like, "All right, they are. This is an interpretation of Astrobot. It's a white. Yeah. It's white with the blue the blue lights, and and then the black little interior, which is all the colors that Astrobot is. You know. So I'm like, that's their mascot. It's kind of like. If um, um, that's true, it even Nintendo, launches with um, Astrobot. Uh, yeah, and I believe it launches with it. 
So it's kind of like maybe they're trying to bring this mascot thing in by creating a mascot version of um, of Astrobot. Uh, yeah, of Astrobot, you know, and, and creating that as a as symbolism on the in the design for the uh, PlayStation Five. I like it. I've got no complaints. And people that are haters, I guess people are gonna hate, and um, uh, we just appreciate. Yeah. We just appreciate. You know what else I even like? I even like the controls on both of them. Yeah. You know, I'm like, you know, I'm very impressed. You know, uh, granted, I was impressed with the last uh, generations as well. I really liked the uh, PS4 the way it kind of looked like a, a kind of like a katana, sort of like a blade, you know. And then the Xbox, you know, one at the time, you know, it, it got goofed on too. You know, they called it the big VCR because it looked like a big VCR. Mm-hmm. And but I liked them. I liked the uh, the previous generations as well. And uh, but yeah, I, I like all three models. I think they're all very different. You know, because the Xbox one and the ps4 were kind of similar you know they were both mm-hmm. black and they were both rectangular and, and you know you you put them on the shelf you know um horizontally and these are all different you know different colors and different shapes and sizes and you know thumbs up thumbs up for me yeah and you know like like we were saying i think one of the uh um one of the good things is they stand out i Look, I'm I'm proud that I play video games. Don't get me wrong; I don't go tell everybody. I don't, but you know, I'm I'm <laughs> I, I I'm proud that I play video games, and the fact that I can have something up there that's a little different. It doesn't always have to, you know, I don't have to hide it in the corner, kind of like a you know, like a like a child that I just want to put away. You know, it's it's it stands up. It's like, hey, what is that? Oh, that's the new PlayStation. You know, and if people yeah. you know want to make fun of me because I play games, well, that's on them. But I'm proud to have this different looking console that that it's it, it adds personality to you know and it also shows hey I, I i'm a gamer i play games you know yeah and you know people have always like like i said commented or or, or hated on consoles like even the ps2 i remember when it first came out i had you know people were saying that it looked like an amp you mm-hmm. know the original ps2 and you know, um, you know, like I said, the the, the Xbox One looked like a, a big VCR, you know, and uh, or or even the PS3. They said it looked like a Foreman grill. You know, everyone's <laughs> always like commenting on on the consoles. You know. All right, I'll give them that one. That I have that PS3. It does look like a Foreman grill. <laughs> <laughs> you can play games and cook a burger at the same time. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> um. All right, so. Onto, like we're still on this Xbox PlayStation topic because this is the hot news. Uh, the next... Uh, hot news like, indeed. Yes. So tomorrow on August 16th, which is the Mexican Independence Day, the Sony announces PlayStation 5 showcase event. So there is... This is from msn.com. So now we are talking about the big boys. This is an actual, uh, uh, this is a reliable source. It says that Sony will hold a special showcase for the PlayStation 5 on Wednesday, September 16th at 1 p.m. Pacific time. And the Japanese tech giant hasn't announced the price and release date for PlayStation 5. Many believe Sony will use this digital showcase on Wednesday to announce availability details for PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 5 Digital Edition. And so with that said, Jose, what do you think we're going to find out tomorrow? Well, I am 
super excited about this. You know, I love all these uh, conferences that are that that have been going on. You know, from even the Xbox ones. You know, I I, I was very excited for theirs, but this one we have to have. You know, we have to get the the prices already. You know, the you know the game, the game is over. You know, um, Xbox blinked right. They mm-hmm. they revealed their prices first. Now it's for the big surprise. You know, tomorrow. You know, for the for the for the uh, price reveal. Um, I imagine they're probably gonna. Uh, they have to uh, at least give you what the date's gonna be as well when it's gonna come out. So you know, I'm uh, I'm not expecting nothing earth shattering other than stuff that we should already know by now, but I'm still excited about it. All right. I have two questions. Um, and you reminded me of the second one when you mentioned something, but the first one is in your opinion, since you were able to predict the Xbox, what do you think the prices are going to be for the PlayStation? You know, I'm still going to go with, uh, um, 500 for the, um, for the disc version and then 400 for the uh, digital edition. All right. I'm writing this down. Because if you've got this one right also, I want you to pick my lottery numbers. <laughs> and my, my second question is, um, you mentioned the leak. And we didn't touch base on this one when I earlier talked about it. So I want to go back real quick just to ask, what is your opinion on the way that the pricing for the Xbox Series S and X came out? Um, it was leaked. What do you think about, about that, the way it came out? I think it might have been... Uh... I don't know if it'll be a deliberate leak, shall we say? Like, um, mm-hmm. it might have been okay. I, I think it might have been green lighted by Microsoft. You know, like really? hey, you know just like yeah, I think it might have been like just you know. See, there's a little a leak. conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because this is getting ridiculous. Like, I, I think at the end of the day, Microsoft knows. Look, the PlayStation Five. Ha- it's a. It's going to be a powerful console. There's mm-hmm. no way it's going to be six hundred dollars because they learned their lesson from. Um, from the PS3, and it's no way it's going to be $400. It's going to be the same price like it is now, you know, with the uh, uh, with the Xbox One X and uh, the PS5. I think the PS5 um, Pro or the PS4 Pro when it came out, I want to say it was $500 as well, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. So I think, you know, they're probably like, you know what, it's going to be the same price other than um, the, um, the, the uh, Series S. You know, that one, you know, that was a shocker to me. I will say I was not expecting it to be um, two ninety nine. I thought it was gonna be four ninety nine as well. Mm-hmm. Or three ninety nine. But um yeah, I think it might have been um uh, kind of like green lighted by by Microsoft. Like, you know what, let's just let it out. You know, they they've been the first ones. They were the first ones to show the Xbox Series X. You know, they showed, you know, games of their uh uh, uh what's the name of that game? Um uh, Senua, um, Hellblade. Oh, they yeah, showed yeah. Hellblade. You know, they showed the trailer for that. Mm-hmm. So I think you know they were like they've been kind of leading the way. Uh, this, uh, uh, you know, granted not as fast as other uh, as other uh, generations, but they've definitely been leading the way this this generation. Okay. So you said it was green lighted. So I, I see what you did. I think there. so. Green lighted. I get it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, Pun intended. Now, uh, so as far as I don't know if it was. Um, I don't, I don't want to go so far as to say that it was – I don't believe it was done by Microsoft that they green-lighted it. But I will say this. When the leak came out, I'm usually not a big fan of leaks with certain things. Like if somebody's coming out with a game, you don't want to hurt, like, you know, the marketing department all that. But with this one, when, they, when the leak finally came out, I'm going to be honest. I'm like, good. 
And mm-hmm. the reason was because these guys were playing a game of chicken for way too long. And you got, long. you got everybody like, hey, what's the price going to be? Because I need to know if I'm going to buy it or not. I need to, you know, the holidays are coming up. We don't, you know, we're going through, you know, COVID, people being unemployed. People are saying like, well, you know what? Yeah. I've, got, I've got better things to spend my money on if it's too expensive. You know, I've got to worry about my bills. And for them to play this game and not bring in anything out until somebody talks, well, then you know what? If somebody leaks the price, more power to them. Yeah. You know, stop. You're, you're, a, you're a company, you're a multi-billion dollar company. Um, act like one, you know, bring, tell people the price. Say, this is what it's going to be. If you guys are, want to prepare yourselves, this is what the price is going to be. You can start saving. At least you know now. And stop playing the game of chicken. And I'm happy. I'm I'm happy yeah. it got leaked. To be honest, now again, I don't agree with that. With everything else, like smaller games or just regular games, uh, I think it's you know sometimes it's not fair that things get leaked on that, especially story leaks like with the Last yeah. of Us Part Two, all that. That's right, right, right. That's awful. That's different. Should, that should not happen. But when it's something like this, and you have multi multi billion dollar companies acting like like kids in a playground, um, then yeah, somebody's got to squeal on them. You know. Are you expecting any surprises, like other than the, like I said, other than the, the price and the, the launch date? No. Like, do you expect I, any like cameo game appearances or anything like that? Nope, I don't. I think, well, you know what? The this probably, is a forty minutes. It's, it's going to be a forty minute conference. Forty minutes. Yeah, I guess. I guess I'll throw something out there. I can't think of any games. Yeah. Maybe God of War Two would be the only one I could think of that people will really. Yeah, I thought about that too. I thought maybe like a little. Um, teaser of god of war uh or or something you know it doesn't even have to be a trailer or uh, a teaser it could just be like kind of like how everyone went crazy with when um the metroid 4 um Mm -hmm. logo came up you know it could be just something like as as basic as that yeah i I could i could see them throwing something out like that but again at the end of the day we've got i think they're just going to give us the pricing and they're gonna I, i i your pricing that you mentioned i think that's I could see that being the pricing that they're gonna they're gonna aim at, and yeah, I mean if it's lower, I'll be ecstatic, you know. Yeah. But, oh yeah, if it's you know, lower, it'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean that's been my price range since the beginning. You know, I was like, it's probably gonna be five hundred dollars because it's a super powerful console, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I didn't know at the time they were gonna come out with a different model, but uh, I thought for sure both of them were gonna be. I was like, they'll both be about five hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on to the next topic. And this one's going to be, we got a few more. Actually, we got a good amount of uh, topics still left for uh, the gaming. Topics. The gaming, yeah, the, the geeker part. So this one is going to be, I'll, I'll try to add as little as I can. But uh, you said, I believe, is it today? Is the, I'm sorry, 9-9 is the dream oh, yes, yes. anniversary. I believe it's a 9 9 Right, ninety nine. So it's the twenty first and anniversary already. Dreamcast can now get drunk. It can now legally get drunk. That's right. And um, I, I have a special uh, place in my heart for that console. Well, tell us a little it's, bit about uh, it. Why do you like it so much? You know, at the time when it, uh, when uh, the Dreamcast launched, I was done gaming. You know, I was already. I had a Nintendo 64 and and a, and a PS1, and I wasn't a big fan of, of either console, to be honest. <clears throat> and it was a, p- a point in my life where I was already, like, um, I, um, I was in my, like, early 20s. 
so I was more about, you know, going out to bars and, and trying to meet chicks and stuff. You know, <laughs> gaming was not, you know, it wasn't a back burner for sure. I was working and going to school, so I didn't have, you know, the time um, to game like I used to. And, you know, one night, you know, I went to the, I went to the movie theater and I had never seen this before. I, there was a, a, a commercial playing before. And they had the Dreamcast playing, you know, the games. And I saw mm -hmm. Sonic, you know, the first Sonic uh, Sonic Adventure, you know, the 3D Sonic. And I was just blown away by Sonic running. You know, I was like, holy smokes. I was like, what is that, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I started following up on it. And I, and I saw that, you know, uh, uh, Sega was coming out with their, you know, next gen console. And man, it, you know, that's the last console that I've gone on launch date, you know, the Sega Dreamcast. It was a great price. You know, speaking about pricing, it was $199, you know, hard to believe. And it was the closest thing to arcade graphics, you know, at, or arcade perfect, you know, um, in some cases even better. Because um, uh, the first two games that I picked up were um, Sonic Adventure and Soul Calibur. And man, me and my brothers, we played Soul Calibur for hours. We were just blown away by like how beautiful that game looked. And yeah, you know, it, it, the Dreamcast is a console, like I said, that for many gamers, it's just, it, it holds for whatever reason, it holds a special place in our hearts, maybe because it's Sega's last console. And, um, you know, it was a console where, you know, it was the first time I ever played online. And man, you know, it was, uh, I'll never forget that experience. I was playing uh, the NBA 2K games mm -hmm. and I was playing some kid. Well, I imagine it's a kid. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but um, I was playing somebody and um, I was, I was whooping them, man. I was whooping them at, you know, I, I was the Bulls and I don't know, I forgot who they picked. And he just kept chipping away and chipping away. <laughs> and I was just like, man, he ended up beating <laughs> me with a buzzer beater. And, you know, that was the first like thrilling, like, on, even though I lost. You know, it was just like amazing. You know, I was like, "Damn, this is so cool!" You know, to play somebody like who the hell even knows who this is? And, yeah, but yet it's hard to believe. Twenty-one years already. Um, I know I I didn't own a, a, a Dreamcast. My friend did, and yeah, the, a few things uh, I want to reiterate because you're right. One thing is now this isn't the first uh, console to have online uh, capability, but it was the first one that that was a popular console to have it. I remember my buddy connected yeah. on the internet and it was just like something I had never seen before. I'm like, holy cow, you can play video games right, online. Right. The other thing, um, I remember he had, what was it, Knights? Was that what it was called? The one that was kind of like a Sonic looking character, like a jester that flew. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, you're right, Soul Calibur was awesome. The, Soul uh, Calibur was amazing, yeah. The one thing, this is, I remember the Dreamcast being the first time that um, what happened was I went to a game store. It was like an EB Games at, at the time, mm -hmm. I and that. and they had the they had a on display the uh, Dreamcast and they were playing Madden. And looking back on it oh, now, yeah. I'm like I'm like I'm like this seems kind of like well I'll just say this when I saw what I was when I was watching the gameplay, the first thing I thought was like oh my god this is so real. It's like I'm at the football game. And it was the first time I was so mesmerized by the graphics in a game that I thought it was so realistic. Now, I bet you if I look back on it now, it's going to look like a bunch of blocky characters. But at that time, 
I thought it was the most realistic looking thing ever. And yeah, it was, it was an amazing piece of hardware. It was an amazing, um, I mean, again, it's sad that it became Sega's last console, but I think, you know, for it to, for, if you're going to choose a console to die on, I think that was a good choice. Yeah, that was a good choice. And um, so many memories with that, with that console. You know, I, I played Jet Grind Radio. I don't know if you remember that game. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a terrific game. Uh, Quake 3 Arena, you know, I oh, so many hours playing that game. I believe they had um, Crazy Taxi, right? Crazy Taxi, yes. I, I have that. You know, it was just... Yeah, um, even the, the the demo disc. I remember when it when it first launched. It came, you know it had Ready to Rumble, which was you know um, the Dreamcast version of like Tyson's Punch Out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, to touch back on the graphics, you know, you're. I remember when it first came out as well. There's a story. Uh, Steven Spielberg saw um, the football game that you're talking about, and he thought the same thing. He thought it was a real uh, a real game, <laughs> like on TV. <laughs> Which is, you know, and like you said, you know, you probably look back on it now and kind of, you know, chuckle and like, oh man, how can I think that was real? But, you know, that's just how it was, you know, back then it was state of the art. Yeah. And I think also what helped out uh, and for any listeners that are younger, all these were on CRT television. So it wasn't like that big crystal clear. It was still like it, the CRT kind of, when it, those early 3D graphics that um that were really rudimentary when you see them on a crtv it gives them it gives them a lot of leeway because it makes things it makes mm-hmm. things that are so sharp a little bit rounder you know um, and that helped out too yeah yeah it really did you know because um that was before 4k and hdt mm-hmm. you know gaming and uh, you're right it definitely helped and um yeah it's a great console you know it's uh, i think about it every year you know which is weird <laughs> and like i was telling you earlier um, there's a lot of YouTubers that can, uh, that make videos um, regarding it every year as well. And, you know, every year I look forward to seeing their videos. And last year they actually came up, I don't know if you ever heard of this um, YouTuber, um, Classic Gaming Quarterly. He came up with a 20 year anniversary uh, Dreamcast uh, video that's like an hour long. Okay. And man, I loved it, man. I was in heaven last year. <laughs> well, I would definitely say that um, uh, the Dreamcast was a great, uh, it was a great console. And, um, 21 years, maybe this time next year, we could talk about 22 years and see, uh, mm-hmm. you know, see where, uh, uh, you know, go back and revisit some of those old games. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool, man. So let's see. Our next topic is, well, all right, real quick. I don't know if you, did you get a chance to see the Prince of Persia remake? I did, you know, okay. and um, I actually uh, owned the, um, the Prince of Persia back in, uh, for my 360 as well. Mm-hmm. So. Were you a fan of the Prince of Persia? No. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess this I is bought my it, time. But you know what? It's, it's not due to the game's fault. Um, at the time, I was dating a girl who was very anti-gaming. <laughs> so th- that was another dark age in my life where I, 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 I wanted to play it. And... Um, you know, when I saw that, it just brought back memories of her because I owned that. I had that game. I picked it up at GameStop, <laughs> and she just would not let me play it. And I was just like, well, whatever. So I was like, they would remake that game. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm just the opposite. I love that game. When I owned it, uh, my my girlfriend at the time, 
she um, uh, she actually used to love watching me play the game. And uh, it was it was a fun game. That first game was a lot of fun. I saw the remake and the graphics on there don't look uh, don't look that great. So I'm hoping they rework that. But I'll be honest, yeah. I'm excited about depending on what the price is. If it's a discounted price, I'm actually pretty excited about playing that game again. I thought I really enjoyed that game. It was um, it's it was the first time that you could do these puzzles run across the walls. First time I can yeah. remember where you could go backwards in time. Uh, the story itself is actually really, it's it's a little uh, mind bending. You know, it's kind of like it gives you these twists where you're like, oh, hey, that's um, uh, you know, that that's kind of crazy, you know, because uh, again, uh, well, maybe I shouldn't say it in case anybody listens to this and hasn't played the game. I don't want to spoil it, but it it is it is a little uh, mind bending, but mm. I'm I'm looking forward to it, and I guess that's really since uh, uh since your girlfriend um uh tied you up in the basement and wouldn't let you play video games. I guess yeah. you don't have too much to say on this. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, I remember like from, I played, I mean, don't get me wrong. I played a little bit, you know, <laughs> when, not when a she, lot. When she wasn't whipping you or keeping you When she you was in the, in the bathroom. <laughs> I'd be like, let me play for like two minutes. <laughs> and, you know, I remember that game. It got great reviews. Everyone loved it. And I was so excited to play it. And I was like, yes. You know, I finally got it. You know, like I said, I went to the EB Games because it was on my way home, the, uh, the EB Games. So, I, you know, mm-hmm. after work, I, I walked by and I, and I was like, man, I'm going to pick it up. And, uh, you know, I played I, I thought the, the art design was, you know, you know, it, it still holds up pretty good if you look mm-hmm. at it right now. It does. You know, it's it an outs- outstanding game. And you know what? Maybe this will be my chance to, you know, relive it, you know, in, in, in a you know, modern version. And, and then. I could always like pick up the old version as well. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I could probably find it for like five bucks or something like that. Yeah, you could probably buy it dirt cheap. I would say if you're gonna buy the original, maybe try to look now before, because oh, when they always come out with the remakes, they always hike up the pricing for the older versions. Mm. It's, it's what we talked about that last time about the price gouging kind of thing. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll pick it up. I mean, you, you seem to be a big fan of it, and um, you know, I. I I like your game, you know, opinions. So, you know, maybe I'll scoop it up. Cool. Cool. Yeah. You, you know, maybe... I've been playing all the, I've been playing all those old games anyways. So. <laughs> maybe we could do a review on that one. Yeah. That'd be pretty so, cool. Uh, on to the next topic. And uh, this one is actually going back to all these EB game talks that we've been having. And I'd like your opinion because you and I were both, uh, we both appreciate the physical uh, aspect of video games, having that, box and everything but mm-hmm. as um let, this is from pc mag news pcmag.com it says it's gamestop is closing up to 450 stores this year retail is suffering badly due to the coronavirus pandemic and it's forced gamestop to close even more stores than it planned this year it says last year wow. the game retailers closed 321 stores then in march 300 more stores closures were announced in what Bell Class has continued to de-densify our global store fleet. And it seems 300 isn't enough anymore, though. Uh, let me just continue reading real quick. It says, as CNN reports, GameStop's second quarter revenue came in below analysts' expectations, even though online sales increased by 800%. The company's reaction to this is to increase the number of store closures happening this year from 300 to 400 to, 400 to 450 globally. 
Bell also said in an earnings call this week that there's more to do, which means more store closures will be happening in 2021. We don't know how many yet, though. For now, GameStop continues to operate 5,122 retail stores worldwide. So, Jose, what's, uh, what's your thoughts on this, man? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, very depressing, unfortunately, you know, that more people are going to lose their jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? I mean, I have a love-hate relationship with GameStop. <laughs> you know, I mean, I like it. Don't get me wrong. You know, they have, they have great uh, game deals, you know, especially what you're used to buy to get one free. But, you know, when I go to GameStop, I, I, I don't go to like, how should I say? I don't look, you know what I mean? Like when I go, I go mm-hmm. there and I know what I want and I get in and I get out of there. Gotcha. And um, it's not, you know, for like a gaming uh, store, you know, and like we love gaming so much. It, it, it shouldn't be like that. You know, we should want to like stick around and, you know, maybe mm-hmm. um, like, I don't know, I guess build a community with, you know, the people <laughs> that work there. But to me, uh, you know, um, they just, they're not, you know, and it's not their fault. You know, it's a job. They need a job. Right. But they're not very knowledgeable. Um, a lot of times, you know, uh, like for example, I went, um, like two weeks ago to pick up, um, uh, a game from my niece. Right. I asked for, um, what was it? Uh, animal crossing horizon. And okay. she was like, for the, she was like for the switch. Right. I was just like animal crossing horizon. What else could it be for? You know, like PS4. <laughs> I was like, yes, you know, I was like, for the, for the switch, that's correct. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's just sad, you know, there's a lot of potential and they just don't know how to like manage it, in my opinion. Yeah, with um, everything going digital, I guess this is just bound to happen. I'm, I like GameStop a lot. I'm not gonna lie. If you look at my, if you look at my selection of games, most of them were probably bought at GameStop. Or, I mean, yeah. I, I did go to a lot of other used game stores. Those have closed down also, to be honest. There was a, oh. I think like those are Gorilla Games that closed down near me. There was a place called Second and Charles. They used to sell Second. used games that at a really good price. Yeah. The one, you know, I, and I do like the fact that uh, there were some games that I picked up, you know, and I still every now and then go to look at a GameStop. Like I've got my PS Vita. And I go check to see, you know, they have a limited selection, but I'm like, do they have anything that I could pick up now? Um, yeah. More and more, I'm, I keep going more and more digital, even though I do like having the, uh, the, um, the physical copies of a lot of these games. But I think, you know, a lot of it, you know, it's just, you get lazy or you got really good deals. You go online to the PlayStation store and you're like, whoa, this game that usually costs yeah. $50 is now for, you know, $3. I'm not, I'm not even going to get that deal at GameStop. Um, and so, you know, I do, I, I, and I agree with you. There have been, I've had some bad experiences there too. Um, I'll be honest. I haven't had too many. Most of the experiences were fairly decent at GameStop. And, yeah. you know, if they close, it's going to be one of those things that now it's, if anything, it's going to one make getting physical copies a little more difficult, especially for older games. I'm not talking about the new ones. But like older ones, like if I wanted to pick up an older uh, PlayStation 3 game, an older PlayStation 4 game, if I don't have access to buy them at GameStop, I'm going to have to buy them on Amazon and who knows what they're going to be going for there. Right. You know, I'm not going right. to get You're those to to deals. Yeah. I have to go to eBay, all that. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, it, it's awful that, you know, all these stores are closing. 
You know, I know yeah. like if it's, if it's a high school kid working at a GameStop, he's not going to care. He's like, I'll, I'll just go work somewhere else. Not a big deal. Yeah. But you got managers who, you know, were probably hoping that they could move up the ranks and now they're going to be without a job. Um, I've, I've actually known, I want to say two to three people <clears> that <throat> managed at a GameStop, which was, you know, um, which is weird, but I did know a good amount of people that did that. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it's just the natural, it's the natural course of things. It's going to happen. More physical copies, I'm sorry, more digital copies are being sold. And so that means GameStop can't exist. And like you said, maybe they can, if they start to change their structure, start doing something that's more community friendly, maybe making it where you can play games there. You can like, you just don't want to go there and look at games, but you want to stay there and play some games and kind of talk to people and, and I mean, right now you really can't do that due to COVID, but I see what you're saying. Right. Maybe doing something yeah, like that. There was a, um, we have a disc replay. I don't know if you have a disc replay near you. We do, we do. And, and you know, I go, I used to go there all the time, you know, before mm-hmm. COVID, you know, and I could spend a good half hour, you know, a good half hour there just looking at everything. I never do that at GameStop, you know, like, I don't know what it is about GameStop. Like I said, when I go there, it's kind of like, you know, like I said, I'm just in and out. You know, I want to get in and out. You know, it's not very like welcoming. Maybe I, I'm not sure. I can't put my I, I can't put yeah. my finger on it. But obviously, I'm not alone. Okay, I, I I can see what you're saying. All right, so I have we have one of the um uh, what are they called? You said disc replays. Disc replay, yeah. All right, so we have one out here. I'm I actually so I, I'm gonna agree with what you said, and I'll explain in a second. I I don't I'm not a big fan of disc replay because they're very very slick with what they do. They actually, they get all the pricing. They go, whenever something new comes in, they go onto the GameStop website and they see what GameStop's selling it for and make it less by like, you know, 50 cents or something, you know, to make it just a little bit less. And then when there is a game, which they'll look up online, I know they do this because I, I'm like, I I, I double check while I'm there on my phone. If there's a game that's... (laughs) that went up in price yeah like let's say it's not it's not a collector's item it just for some reason spiked they'll raise up that price right away there's no getting a deal there they know exactly how to play the game um so that's why i mean i've gone there plenty of times but i'm always i'm looking at the price i'm like man you guys i'm not getting a deal here you guys know how to nickel and dime me um no, you're right. You're right. Because I've gone plenty of times too looking for like a used game or and i and i leave out of there like well it's a little too high from my blood, you know, and I'll check GameStop and it's cheaper at GameStop. Yeah. But I like the experience, you know? Yeah. It, so with that second part, I think I know what you're talking about. When I go, when I go to the, um, uh, that uh, disc replay, yeah, it does seem like you can walk around more and not be bothered by anybody. I, I think with GameStop, it is kind of, it's more like very, very cold, very just like, you know, like walking to a hospital, you walk in, the, somebody says, can I help you with something? And you're like, no, I'm just here to look. But then it always feels like they're watching you while you're walking around. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they're like, oh, maybe he needs help with something, you know, or maybe they'll think I'm going to steal something. But I mean, there's no games <laughs> in the boxes. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it always feels like they're kind of hovering over you a little bit, you know, so it's, it's not like it's not like you can just take your time, look at stuff. And then when you want to leave, you can just leave. You know, every time I leave, I always have to say, I'll, I'll see you later, you know, even though I didn't buy anything. It's because they're always yeah. kind of right there, you know, watching you. So I, I can see what you said. Yeah, I mean, um, there's something about it. Like I said, uh, uh, you know, sadly, they never adapted, you know, and that's mm-hmm. why they're, at, they're um, 
where they're at right now. They, they never adapted to, uh, to the risk. And everyone knew that the risk of digital is coming, you know, but they never changed. Um, they never changed their format, you know, like, hey, let's do something where it's more like welcoming to, to, um, to our uh, customers or, you know, nothing. It was just the same, the same GameStop. And here we are again, you know, they're, they're, you know, their numbers are, are doing terrible, yeah. especially now. But, you know, it's no surprise to a lot of people. Everyone, you know, if you ask anybody, I think a lot of people would be surprised that they're, they're that they've lasted this long. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So, all right, I guess we'll touch base on this again when we get the next news that, you know, they're finally bankrupt and they're not going to be around anymore. Yeah. Sad so, stuff, though. And now on to our topic on games. And so for today's topic, we're going to be talking about just something real simple. Um, and again, as usual, any listeners out there, you can always send us to geekerscreeperscast at gmail.com. Any topics you'd like to talk about, or you can send us information of um, uh, your own opinion on what we've brought up in the news or your own opinion of what we talk about uh, during our topic. Today, we're just going to keep it simple, and we're going to talk about our favorite split-screen games um, and especially now that it's slowly dying out, that's also another dying art. You usually don't see as many split screen games as you used to. So Jose, do you have any ones you could think of just off the top of your head that you really liked and why you liked them? Yeah. The first one that I could remember, um, was Sonic two, mm. definitely split screen. You know, it was two players and it was like, you know, I remember me and my brothers playing it and we're, you know, it was just like, Oh man, look, it's, it's so cool the way it splits mm -hmm. in two and, you know, it's totally independent, you know, um, gameplay, you know, everyone's doing their own thing. And that was my, you know, my favorite and most, um, uh, obviously the one that pops to my head the most um, was Sonic, Sonic 2 on the Sega Genesis. Hard to believe that they could pull it off. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. On the Sega Genesis, really? It was split screen on the Sega Genesis? Yep. Oh, damn. Yeah, you are going old school there. Um, so I guess, you know what, you just reminded me, there's one that my friend and I used to play all the time is for the triple graphic 16 and it's called double dungeons. And oh. I can, I can tell you that the graphics were God awful. Uh, <laughs> so you, it was like, it was very basic. You're in a dungeon and every time you move the sound would be like, and if you made a left, like, so it was like, it was so simple and you would come across all these characters. And so each of you started somewhere in this dungeon but not together. And then all of a sudden you would see this monster in the distance and you'd move closer. You'd be like, chick, chick, chick. and, and all of a sudden you'd be ready to hit this monster. And it turns out it was the kid. You, it was, you know, my buddy that I was playing with this entire time. <laughs> I look at him and we'd be like, Holy cow, we're in the game together. You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, that was one. Um, I mean, that so that was, was split very, screen also. Yeah. And very rudimentary. I oh mean, man, that's screen, pretty, very rudimentary. That's crazy. It's for a turbo like, graphics game. Yeah, but it was nothing like Sonic. Sonic like real time. You know, this was I mean, this was real time, but it was so like slow paced that um mm. you know it, it I could you know it wasn't it wasn't anything amazing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean split screen the one the one game that when I think of split screen, the very first one that I could think of that I would say this is the one where people went nuts was um do you let me ask you, do you think you know what I'm thinking of? I think so. Which one? I'm going to say GoldenEye. Exactly. GoldenEye. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the one. 
that would be the one that everybody, like everybody and their mother played that game, man. Yeah. Now that was like four players split screen, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy That's the four players. There was that. Um, that was I multiplayer know, before multiplayer. Exactly. And you would, the great thing, and some things that, you know, a lot of kids don't realize now, I feel like an, an old man, back in my day. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> one of those things the kids don't realize is when you would play against your friends, like there was a lot of trash talking and it wasn't like this like 12 year old kid dropping, you know, N bombs and, you know, saying that, yeah. you know, they've had relationships with your mother, you know, it was none of that. It was just, you know, and honestly, if you did say that your friend next to you would probably beat you up and, you know, you yeah. <laughs> and then your friend would probably beat you at the game, you know, so it was those things, but you would still trash talk each other. You would make fun of each other. You'd kind of sit there, have a pizza, um, you know, and just play all night. And it was this, it was this camaraderie that you had with your buddies, yeah. you know? And yeah, it was, it's, it's an experience that's slowly dying out. Now it's, you know, everything's online. So you don't have that person that you, you know, you play along with. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a dying art, I think. It's a, yeah, it is. It's a, you know, sadly, it's part of, you know, the signs of the times, you know, it's like at the time it was very, like you said, it was everyone. You you were there with your buddies, and you were playing a game together. You know, even though you can do that now, you know, playing you know online, but it's still not the same as being together. Mm-hmm. Kind of you know, and yeah, it's a, it's definitely a, what's long dead. Other than um, um, that one game that you that you played, uh, what's it called? Um, it just came out recently for the um, uh, oh man, what's it called? It's like a co-op game, the one where you're like breaking out of jail. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, a, a way out. A way out, yeah. I guess that's sort of like you know, I got the impression it was kind of like a throwback to to split screen, sort of. Yeah, it's a throwback to split screen, but you still play away from each other. Right, 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 right. Um, still play, you know, away from each other, but. I mean, back in the day, there was like you know, of course, after GoldenEye, the next big one I think I can think of. You had your you had your Halo series. You had oh Halo, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Time Splitters. Time Splitters, um, yeah. And for me, uh, the, there's two big ones that I played a lot, and that was on the PS3. There was Unreal Tournament. I think it was Unreal Three. I played a lot mm-hmm. with my buddy, and one that I really, really enjoyed was the Burnout series. Did you ever play Burnout Three? Oh man, I love Burnout Three. Burnout Three. Oh, one of my players. favorites. Yeah, it's so awesome when you play with your friends because you just like. You ran them off the road, and it was just – it was one of those things, again, that you would have – you would have just a lot of fun playing with your friends. You know, it's – it's, and, and I'll be honest. The other thing is usually for me, whenever I would play with my friends, we would always be competitive to each other. It was never like somebody was so much better. When you play online, you know there's going to be some kid that plays 200 hours a week of that game <laughs> and that you're just going to get ripped to pieces, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, it's sad times, you know. It's uh, we're losing GameStops, we're losing split screens, <laughs> we're lo- yeah. losing physical media. <laughs> we are. I mean, I, we're wow. like the old guys that are going to be telling people about, you know, back in my day when we had gaming, we had <laughs> we, we had lost floppy arcades. Yeah, we had arcades. You know, yeah. like, oh man. Back in my day, we used to use our eyes to play a video game. <laughs> <laughs> there were no chips implanted in our head. <laughs> Well, well, if you, you know, remember I, back, oh, go ahead. 
Well, I'd be like, I'd be the first one to get the chip implanted, though. I'll be honest. I'd be like, wait a second, I could be in the video game. Sign me up. Put that chip in my head. <laughs> oh man, you're like, this is way better than VR. Yeah. <laughs> this is real life VR. <laughs> um. So, uh, anything else you have to say about this? I know it was just like a brief topic we had. We really didn't have much as far as like split screen, but is there anything else you need to want to say about that? Yeah, no, I mean, um, you know, it was just, like you said, it's a different era. And at the time it was very revolutionary to play yeah. um, split screen, you know, with your friends, you know, the same game, you know, uh, independent to each other, you know, just, it was pretty cool. Pretty, mm -hmm. pretty novel idea, I think. I think so too. Um, all right. So with that said, uh, we have to take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right. And we are back for our second part of Geekers Creepers. And this is the part where we get into the creepier uh, side of things. Today, uh, we will be talking about, it is known as there's really no name for this, but it's the mystery of the missing keepers at uh, Flannan at the Flannan Isles Lighthouse. Um, I'm going to be reading this from MentalFloss.com. There's a few articles on the internet. I found this one because it kind of. We'll also be looking at the Wikipedia article on this, and of course, as usual, I'll, I'll include links to this uh, article, uh, both of them, and uh, I'm going to just kind of go over a brief overview. It's a, not very long, but it's, I'd like to go about a, uh, go over a little bit about what happened here. Jose, real quick, before I start, let me ask, have you ever heard about this? I have never heard about this. Okay. Never. All right. Um, did you get a chance to review it to see what had happened? No, not, not a lot. I was, I was that, like, I'll let Robert describe it. All right. That's fine. So that way um, you'll be, you'll be the first to much like our listeners to hear about this. So yes. Let me start out here. Um, and again, this is from mentalfloss.com. In December 1900, a boat called Hesperus set sail for the island of Eileen Moore, one of the seven islets or islets, also known as the seven hunters of the Flannan Isles off the coast of northwestern Scotland. Captain James Harvey was tasked with delivering a relief lighthouse keeper as part of a regular rotation. The journey was delayed a few days by bad weather. And when Harvey and his crew finally arrived, it was clear that something was awry, or awry, I'm sorry, something was awry. None of the normal preparations at the landing dock had been made. The flagstaff was bare, and none of the keepers came to greet the Hesperus. The keepers, as it turned out, weren't on the island at all. All three of them had vanished. Eileen Moore had his uh, pe peculiarities, I'm sorry, mispronouncing that, the island's only permanent residents were sheep and herders referred to as the other country. Believing it to be placed by, believing to be a place touched by something paranormal, Eileen Moore had long elicited a sort of fearful reverence in its visitors. The main draw to the remote location was a chapel built in the 7th century by St. By Flannan. Even those who never prayed were moved to worship while on Eileen Moore. Superstitious, superstitions and rituals, like circling the church's ruins on your knees, were adopted by those passing through, and many considered Eileen Moore to have an indefi indefinable aura that could not be ignored. What the Hesperus crew 
did find at the lighthouse was a set of perplexing clues. The replacement keeper, Joseph Moore, was the first to investigate and reported an all-encompassing sense of dread as he ascended the cliff toward the newly constructed lighthouse. Inside, the kitchen table contained plates of meat, potato, and pickles. The clock was stopped and there was an overturned chair nearby. The lamp was ready for lighting and two of the three oilskin coats belonging to Thomas Marshall, James Ducat, and Donald MacArthur were gone. The gate and the door were firmly shut. These clues only led to more questions. Why would one of the keepers have gone out without his coat? And for that matter, why would all three have left together at all when the rules forbade it? Someone needed to man the post at all times, so something unusual must have drawn them out. When Moore returned with his report, Harvey had the island searched. The hunt came up empty. The captain then sent a telegram to, main, to the mainland. And this is what it said. A dreadful accident ha has happened at Flannan's. The three keepers, Ducat, Marshall, and the occasional have disappeared from the island. On our arrival there this afternoon, no sign of life was to be on the island. Fired a rocket, but as no response was made, managed to land more. Who uh, was made, managed to land more. Who went up to the station, but found no keepers there. The clocks were stopped and other signs indicated that the accident must have happened about a week ago. Poor fellows, they must have been blown over the cliffs or drowned trying to secure a crane or something like that. Night coming on, we could not wait to make something as to their fate. I have left Moore, McDonald, Boymaster, and two seamen on the island to keep the light burning until you make other arrangements. Will not return to Oban until I hear from you. I have repeated this wire to Moorhead in case you are not alone. I will remain at the telegraph office until it closes if you wish to wire me. All right. With that said, Jose, here's gets a little bit weirder, okay? And it says, further investigations also led nowhere, though the Lighthouse logbook provided a new set of confounding details. On December 12th, an entry from Marshall described severe winds, the likes of which I have never seen before in 20 years. He wrote that Duquette had been quiet and MacArthur had been crying, which would have been odd behavior for a man with a reputation as a tough and experienced seafarer. The next day, Marshall reported more storm details and wrote that all three men had been praying Another odd bit of behavior for, from well-seasoned keepers in a brand new, supposedly safe lighthouse. Strangest of all, there were no reports of storms in the area on December 12th, 13th, or 14th. All should have been calm up until December 17th. The last report in the book from December 17th or December 15th read, storm ended, sea calm, God is over all. Now that is it. That they disappeared, and that was the last um, under these circumstances. So, what in a situation like this, you've got these experienced uh, lighthouse keepers. They somebody shows up, and they're all gone. All they all you have is a diary of one of the people stating that there were storms, even though there were no storms saying that one of the men had been crying, even though when I think of lighthouse keepers, I think like these burly tough guys, you know, that, you know, yeah. know what to do. Um, he puts on their God is over all. Then all of a sudden they disappear not to be found. Uh, again, this Island is known, you know, it's, it's kind of given a, a supernatural feel to it. I mean, this just reeks of, uh, you know, just, 
paranormal, you know, what happened? What, what, you know, how could, how could these three men disappear? Um, there've been a few theories, but with that said, what do you think maybe happened here? Yeah, that's a, a very interesting story. You know, like, man, what, what could have happened to those guys? It sounds to me like, you know, uh, you know, Scotland, that's where it took place, right? In Scotland? I believe outside so. Outside of Scotland? Yes. <laughs> you know, it's, um, you know, that, you know, it's, you know, how can I say? It has a long history. You know, it's mm -hmm. not, you know, like America that's only been discovered for like the past 500 years, right? Mm -hmm. This, you know, this part of the world goes back centuries, you know, it has a lot of history. Um, you know, sadly, you know, a, a, a lot of dark history as well, you know, and it, it, you know, it could have some kind of supernatural or paranormal um, uh, phenomenon going on over there. That's, you know, in England, you know, not too far away from there is Stonehenge, you know, mm -hmm. that's centuries old, a lot of weird stuff going on with that. So who knows, Robert? I mean, this this sounds very um, could have been you know an act of nature. They could have been blown away. And, you know, it was a, like you said, it was like it was reported that there might have been a, a, the strongest winds that the guy had, had ever seen. They could have been blown into sea and just disappeared. And I don't know. What do you think? So there's a couple of things here. One is uh, so you know adding all these things together because I'm looking at one, we have three experienced lighthouse keepers experienced. That's the big thing. And yeah. we have three experienced light key, lighthouse keepers who disappeared. And there is that theory that maybe they went out to, um, uh, they went out to, I believe it was to pull up some things through rope and were swept away by the sea. Now that seems a little unusual for three that are experienced. Maybe one got swept away. They went to help that person and the other ones got swept away also. Um, Again, you know, that, that, may be, that may be something that happened. But, you know, we also have to look into the fact that there were these journal updates this entire time stating that, you know, that, that the sea was bad, uh, even though the records show that th there were no storms. There's also the, rec the journal weird. entry stating that one of the men was crying, even though he was known to be an experienced you know, why is this man suddenly crying? Um, and then, you know, that last line that they say, which is, uh, God is over all. God, storm ended, sea calm. God is over all. So after that, on December 5th, they, they still had the opportunity to write that down. And then after that, uh, that's the last know, we heard. That's the last you hear of him. So, you know, of course, there's, you know, like I said, there's been the supernatural, the theory about the supernatural. I, I think now this is, again, I've got nothing to back this up, but you have three people in there all uh, cooped up in the, in the same lighthouse. I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever, have you ever had roommates? Roommates? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. How often does it take for you to go, you know, to go stir crazy and want to murder your roommate. Not long. Yeah. <laughs> so, and so that's the thing I'm thinking like, all right. And now these are, these are roommates that you can't get away from because it's not like you could say I'm going out to the bar, you know? Yeah. Um, you're pretty much just stuck. You guys there. are trapped. Mm -hmm. You're trapped there. Exactly. Now my, I have a theory that 
maybe let me see. I think one of them was known for violent behavior. And I could see maybe what happened was there was an argument. Somebody got injured. Somebody got maybe murdered. You've got another witness. And, you know, maybe the, uh, you know, the culprit just kind of got rid of the bodies, write something down on the journal, um, you know, hey, uh, God help us all, and then makes a run for it. You know, just gets yeah. on a boat, just leaves, you know, like, I'm out of here. Could have been cabin fever. Yeah, it could have been cabin fever, and they just went nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or maybe, uh, maybe it was cabin fever. They went out, they saw something in the distance. Um, you always hear stories about sailors that, you know, they saw mermaids in the distance when it turns out it was just a, <laughs> like an ugly beluga whale. Yeah, you know? or a rock or something. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, with this, it's just unusual for these yeah, three men to the, just disappear. Experience, like you said, you know, it's not like, you know, it's, you know, their first day on a job where they could have been like in an accident or something like that. I mean, your your theory kind of makes sense, you know. Maybe they, you know, they were, they were trapped, you know. Well, not trapped, but you know, they couldn't. Uh, they were in very close vicinity within each other, and maybe one, maybe one or two of the guys just got on one of the other guy's nerves, and he just snapped. You know, mm-hmm. it could happen. Um. So, if I look at the Wikipedia article, it does say that um, uh, regarding this, uh, the Flannan Isles lighthouse. Is over time, a story has developed of the existence of unusual logbook entries. They supposedly have Thomas Marshall saying on December 12th that there were severe winds, which, which I talked about, severe winds, the likes of which I have never seen before in 20 years. He also said to have reported that James Duquette had been very quiet and Donald MacArthur had been crying. Now, MacArthur was a veteran mariner with a reputation for brawling, and thus it would be strange for him to be crying mm. in response to a storm. Yeah, I mean... You've got three men, you know, you suddenly show up and again, three experienced men and they're, they've disappeared. Um, it is definitely one. And again, the bodies were never found. It's not like they found any bodies. They just, they just up and disappeared. disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually pretty sad and um, scary. Yeah. That's the scary way to go. Like, you know, can you imagine like, yeah, I don't know where they're at. They're just, they're just gone. You show up and you're like you expect to see somebody, and you got these, you got this crazy, these crazy journal entries. Um, yeah, they've left their coat there. That's the other thing. They left the coat. If you were gonna go out, if it was a storm, and you needed help, somebody, wouldn't you bring your coat with you to see? Yeah, I mean, you you figure like you might be like, hey, my you know, there's a storm out. It might be a while. Let me take my coat. Yeah. Why would you? <clears throat> unless they. Unless they knew, like, hey, you know, it's going to be something quick. You know, I'll, I'll leave my coat here. But hmm. and then all three, I've never heard of that story before. Yeah, it's crazy. I've, I've briefly heard of it years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things that I don't think we'll, I don't think we'll ever solve it. And, you know, yeah. there are people, I mean, there's, you know, there's, it says among modern theories are those connected to paranormal <laughs> activities such as abduction by aliens. Yeah, I was going to say that too. Maybe it's like an alien abduction. Yeah. I mean, it's like a hundred years, you know, it's over a hundred years, that story. 1900 is when it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's some other theories. It says, a further proposal is based on the psychology of the keepers. 
Allegedly, MacArthur was a volatile character. This may have led to a fight breaking out near the cliff edge by the West Landing that caused all three men to fall to their deaths. Another theory yeah. that one of the men went insane, murdered the other two, threw their bodies into the sea, and then jumped into his own death. So, I mean, yeah, it definitely sounds like you know it's it's around a you know around the sea. So it, I could possibly see that you know like some kind of scrimmage going on or some kind of fight and uh, or like you said maybe one of them just snapped and killed both of them and he was like you know what you know I'm I'm just gonna jump as well you know. And as usual, I'm not really into the paranormal aspect of it, but if we were going to look at the paranormal aspect to say, like, you know, could it have been something uh, supernatural? Have you ever seen uh, The Shining? Yes, great movie. Okay, great movie. Now, in that one, the Overlook Hotel itself is possessed and drives... It's haunted and then drives Mm -hmm. uh, Jack crazy. So... Now we know that this aisle had been um, had been uh, uh, known in the past for having having supernatural or having religious uh, uh, what's the word? A bit cultish rituals. For rituals, you had to kneel and go around the church that was built in the seventh century. You know, where at that time it was probably maybe a little pagan and a little Christian at the same time. Mm Now, again, I don't believe the supernatural, but if somebody were to believe in that, you could definitely make the argument that maybe this was like uh, they were somebody was taken over or maybe they all were. They all went mad. You know, you have this like this haunted aisle where, you know, it just drove people to uh, to extremes. And one of them were maybe they all just jumped off. Yeah, it could have been like a some kind of like a group possession thing where maybe mm-hmm. they all got possessed and, you know, like you said, uh, you know, they all jumped, you know, they could have all jumped. Um, you know, what's, what, I was just thinking about this right now, actually, because you, you mentioned it earlier about the UFO part. It's weird that you don't really like, you know, like, how should I say, since it took place such a long time ago, you don't, a lot of people don't really like say that it would be like aliens right like maybe no. aliens came and took it it's always like ghost spectrum it seems yeah, like everything is ghost spectrum like, <laughs> it's like what, the, what, what, what was popular at the time <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah it definitely wasn't aliens i guess we can scratch that out of the equation <laughs> it, it's crazy this whole alien theory didn't pop up until well one day we could talk about this also but if you look at the yeah. bible there's actually descriptions of what nowadays we would consider aliens it's really creepy but um, uh, and, with the nephilim, and, and, you mean? I'm sorry. With the nephilim, you mean? I believe it is the nephilim. The ones they're the ones in the ship. They're in that silver ship. They describe it. It's in the Old Testament. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah and they describe yeah. the silver ship with mm-hmm. beings inside of it, and they come down. And I'm like, uh, you know, you're yeah. not describing <laughs> angels. You guys are describing <clears throat> aliens yeah. from Mars. <laughs> yeah, that's a spaceship um, where I come yeah. from. Yeah, a, I'm sorry, Moses. That is not yeah. a burning bush. That is a spaceship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Put down the commandments and make a run for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so like at the end of the day, what I think maybe happened here, I honestly think it may have been just some type of maybe mass hysteria where these guys were locked up with each other. Maybe they got an argument. Um, maybe one of them stormed out and they got, they kept fighting. Maybe it is true that they all fought and they all fell off the edge. Um, Cause like I yeah. said, getting cooped up with somebody for so long, um, 
you know, can drive you nuts, especially if somebody's, you know, if somebody's a brawler, some guy's a fighter. Yeah. You know, maybe somebody's just a jerk, you know, like just exactly. got tired of hearing their shit. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that part. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I think we could keep one, but yeah, I like that. <laughs> hey, Jimmy. Come out here. I got to tell you something. Yeah. I'm <laughs> tired the, of your over, baloney. <laughs> come over to the edge of the, uh, come over to the edge of the cliff. I got to show you something. <laughs> I've got to show you something. Come <laughs> over here. <laughs> Look over the edge. Oh, uh, yes. The, uh, <laughs> the Scottish murders at the lighthouse. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they're all uh, No, I don't know if it's, um, are the Scots to wear their kilts? Oh yeah, the Scots were the, the Irish. Yeah. <laughs> there was, I, to the best of my knowledge, no kilts were found. <laughs> yeah, no kilts were found, or yeah. <laughs> now that would have been creepy, like had they the bodies not been found, but the kilts were <laughs> all left behind. <laughs> the kilts were all left. <laughs> A bunch of naked Scottish men jumped over the edge. <laughs> like what happened to their bodies? Yeah, it's a <laughs> now that would have been creepy. <laughs> yeah, that would have been creepy. Now, uh, God and Jose, now we've got the image of three naked Scottish men <laughs> jumping over a ledge with the red beard. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a, a very unusual story. I mean, it's definitely one of those where you said it's been like a hundred and something years and they still can't solve it. So it's safe to say it's it's an unsolved mystery. I agree. This was going to stay unsolved. I think this will be unsolved. And I think, like I said, the, in this one, I yeah. think the simplest solution would be the one that, like I said, they either slipped all off or one of them went nuts and yeah. just killed the rest of them. Yeah. That, you know, I, I think you're right. I think one of them just like snapped and, and maybe just or he could have killed both of them and then mm -hmm. just felt so terrible. He's probably, you know what, I'm just going to jump as well. Yeah. And um, th yeah, that I definitely get caught. Be a, Yeah. I mean, he's probably going to get caught and he's like, you know, I don't want to deal with, you know, going to jail or whatever. You know, I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe they were hanging back then. I don't know. I'm not sure. But, you know, he's probably like, I'm going to die anyway, so I might mm -hmm. as well just jump. <laughs> uh, all right. So a couple other things. Um, we're, we're almost done. I want to touch base on just a few things here. One, I want to make a correction. Uh, last time uh, we talked about the Willowbrook Brawl Room and Resurrection Mary. I forgot to mention this, and my buddy mentioned it because he's the one that um, used to go dancing a lot. Um, the Willowbrook Ballroom actually burnt down about uh, three years ago. So it oh, no wow, longer really? exists. Yeah. It caught fire and it burnt down, and it hasn't been fixed back. Um, it's just still, I think they're trying to, last I read, I, I believe they're trying to collect donations to bring it back up. But uh, so now if you run to Resurrection Mary, it won't be at the Willowbrook Ballroom since you can't go dancing anymore. So. I guess maybe that maybe she burned it. Case She's closed. gonna go dancing no more. <laughs> she got mad because somebody didn't drop her off at the cemetery. She got burned on a date, so she burned out <laughs> of the thing. Uh, so I had a conversation with a friend of mine. I was explaining that you know that we do this podcast and we talked about Resurrection Mary. Yeah. And I told her, I'm like, no, no. The story is that the guy picked her up, went on a date, and then dropped her off. He's like, no, that's not the story. The story is that they pick her up on the side of the street. I'm like, no. It's dumber than it sounds. The guy actually says yeah. he picked her up on a date and then dropped her off and spent time with her. He, yeah. spent, he spent the night dancing and having small talk with a ghost. That, yeah, yeah. It, it is. Um, 
Um, but I also, definitely like the uh, urban legend better than uh, the actual story. <laughs> I, I absolutely love the urban legend much better than yeah. the actual story. The actual story, you're just like, brother, man, you are just lonely. <laughs> yeah, like, what are you drinking or smoking? <laughs> um, and then finally, real quick, I know last time we were going to talk about this, but did you get a chance to look at the three secrets of Fatima? I did, you know. Okay. I, uh, uh, mm-hmm. I did too, and it turns out all three were solved. Yeah, they're all solved, and I thought they were very. I mean, I remember at the time, this um, I had heard about this. You well, know, when real I was a quick, kid. real quick, Jose, uh, I, I do apologize. I don't want to interrupt you. I just want to, just so our our listeners understand. Um, oh, yeah, go ahead. I, I grew up in. A, I was. I'm Catholic, and I, are you Catholic also, or were you brought up Catholic? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, we were both brought up Catholic, and one of the things that we learned when we were younger was about the three secrets of Fatima, and at those times there were two that were published. And there was a third that wasn't. And, and it was that these girls gave this, uh, they saw the Virgin Mary and they were told all these secrets about what the future, what was to happen in the future. And, and the third one, nobody knew what it was. And the Pope had, had heard about it. And supposedly when he read it, <clears throat> he cried. And um, because it just, it was so, uh, it was so scary about the future of the church and, or nobody knew, actually, let me take that back. It was, nobody knew what it, what was in there. Was it the future yeah. of the church? Was it the fact that, you know, Jesus wasn't who he said he was? Uh, it's something enough that the Pope would cry over. So growing up, we never knew what this was. We just knew that it was mm-hmm. something that was, you know, really, really damning or just something that would affect the Pope like yeah. that. Um, and then in 2000, I guess it came out. And I guess I do remember hearing about this. But I totally forgot. I guess the secret did come out, and then I can read it, I can review it. But let's just say it is. <laughs> it it just it yeah. Not, it's go ahead. Yeah, I cried knowing that um, how disappointed I was. <laughs> I think I, think that's I guess that's is. why the Pope cried. <laughs> I I absolutely agree. I think that would be the reason to cry. Um, yeah, he's like I've waited all these years for this. <laughs> <laughs> you are on a roll. Is that the Pope? I thought, wait, is the yeah, Pope Italian? He's like, oh, mamma mia. <laughs> well, at the time, it was uh, Pope uh, John Paul. So oh, he, that's right. He's Polish. Polish. <laughs> yeah, he's Polish. <laughs> I've waited all these years. <laughs> um, I was very disappointed as well. I actually, yes. what I, you know, because like I said, I, I remember hearing about the first two. And um, the you know the third one being a big secret, and I you mm-hmm. know I thought it was, and you know what I I think we should do this. I think we should uh, tell our audience what we thought the third secret was going to be. Actually, that's, that's a good probably idea. a lot. I think that's a lot cooler. Than yeah, the third how does secret. how does actually do you want me to read it real quick? Just or yeah, go ahead. Okay, mm-hmm. so the third secret it says here, and again this is Wikipedia. The text of the third secret, according to the Vatican, was published on twenty sixth of June two thousand. The third part of the secret revealed at the Cova de Iria Fatima on the 13th of July, 1917. I write in obedience to you, my God, who command me to do so through excellency, the Bishop of Lyria, and through your most holy mother and mine. After the two parts, which I have already explained, at the left of Our Lady and a little above, we saw an angel with a flaming sword in his left hand flashing. It gave out flames that looked as though they had set the world on fire, but they died out in contact with the splendor that Our Lady radiated towards him from her right hand pointing to the earth with his right hand the angel cried out in a loud voice penance 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 and we saw an immense light that is god 
something similar to how people appear in a mirror when they pass in front of it. A bishop dressed in white, we had the impression that it was a holy father. Other bishops, priests, men, women, religious, going up to a steep mountain at the top of which there was a big cross of rough hone, rough hewn hone, uh, sorry, trunks as of a cork tree with the bark. Before the reaching there, the Holy Father passed through a big city, half in ruins and half trembling with halting step, afflicted with pain and sorrow. He prayed for the souls of the corpses he met on his way. Having reached the top of the mountain on his knees at the foot of the big cross, he was killed by a group of soldiers who fired bullets and arrows at him. And in the same way, there died one after another and other bishops, priests, men, women, religious, in various lay people at different ranks and positions. Beneath the two arms of the cross, there were two angels, each with a crystal, crystal aspersorium in, in his hand, in which they gathered up the blood of the martyrs and with it sprinkled the souls that were making their way to God. And that's it. That's yeah, it's... Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, not what I was expecting. So, with that said... <laughs> no, not at all. Um, what did you think it was? I thought it was going to be something like a, a, a lot more scarier, you know, like, you know, the, the world's, I wouldn't say the world's going to end, but something, you know, pretty um, earth shattering, shall we mm -hmm. say, you know, like either some kind of global nuclear war. I thought that's probably what it was going to be, you know, because we were, you know, that came out like in the eighties, nineties, when I was a kid, you know, hearing about that. Mm -hmm. And that was the height of, you know, the cold war. Yeah. Well, actually like a little over, you know, it was a, late 90s but it was or early 90s or still but it was still like in, in the height of the cold war but mm -hmm. i thought it was going to be something nuclear um i i i thought it was one of two things one i agree i think it was uh the apocalypse or something where they knew that you know uh, somebody was gonna drop a bomb and again you're right because at that yeah. time it was the late 80s that i heard about this mm -hmm. and at that time we were you know, we were kids and everybody was scaring us that Russia was going to bomb us, you know? Yeah. So, you know, and the teachers told it, it's like, oh, it was so, it was so dark or it was so uh, moving what, what the third seeker was that the, uh, the Pope cried. And, and yeah, I thought that's what it was. I thought it was that. And then as I got older, I'm like, oh, you know what? <clears throat> Maybe it's the fact that she told the Pope that, you know, the truth about what Jesus was. Maybe Jesus wasn't who he says he was, that there was no prophet. That, you know, that, you know, there is, you know, something that there's something in the Christian or in the Catholic religion that is, that is so off that would greatly affect the people who practice it. You know, for example, um, I don't know, I, I guess, it, for example, it's like, yeah, Jesus actually never died on the cross. You know, he was actually, uh, you know, at, at the last minute, I don't know, Superman came in and saved him, you know, and just something, you know, so drastic that it just changes the way that we look at you know, our belief that he would say like, you know, for a Pope to cry, um, yeah. like for example, for me to cry, if somebody gave me a note and I looked at it and I started to cry, that note would probably say, uh, you know, congratulations, you've been disbarred, <laughs> you know, you know at that point, I'd be like, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, because it's something you've given your life to, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I would think that something like that would be, um, it would have been something that would make you cry. But, you know, when I look at this, I'm like, if I looked at it and somebody handed me this note, I will look at the little girl or at this point, she was a woman. And I'd look yeah. at her and be like, all right, thanks, I guess, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, well, who gave me this? <laughs> yeah. Or, you, you I, know, the other. Oh, go ahead, Robert. Oh, I was just saying, I would ask her to get drug tested. 
<laughs> right. Like, what are you smoking? Are you with those um, Scottish guys or what? <laughs> Do not it was around the same time period. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could all also been, um, could, uh, could the Pope be lying? Could he be lying and uh, probably defending the church? Because I had heard, you know, there's a lot of rumors about the Antichrist being maybe like a Pope. Mm-hmm. So could it be like the Pope is going to be the Antichrist and he's probably like, oh my God, the Pope's going to, the Antichrist is going to be a Catholic. You know, he probably could have been crying, you know, that makes more sense, you know, than the story that, you know, the official story, shall we say, because that official story to me is like, what is, what's going on again? Yeah. So that's kind of crazy you bring that up because I just saw this right here. On, it's the third secret controversy in Wikipedia. And it does say mm-hmm. critics such as Italian journalist and media personality Antonio Sochi claim that the four page handwritten text of the third secret released by the Vatican in 2000 is not the real secret, or at least not the full secret. <clears throat> mm. Look, I mean, I guess, yeah, if you, if, true. if you want to be controversial and say that maybe the full thing wasn't released, I, I guess, but. Still, what 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 they released in and of itself, what they released and saying that this is the secret, um, it's it's worthless. It doesn't make any sense. You know, it's just saying it's yeah. just a bunch of mumbo jumbo that you know all of a sudden Jesus gets shot with bullets. It's like, is this like you know fan fiction? You know, are you you know what are you, what is this? You yeah, know? it's kind of like why keep it secret too? Like I don't understand. Like, yeah, uh, the whole secrecy thing, like. If it's something that serious, wouldn't it be something that you'd want to like give out like right away? Yeah, and, and look, if it's something about the future, let's say let's say you're right. Let's say it says that the apocalypse, you know, is going to happen in well, it's it's probably says the apocalypse is going to happen in 2020. <laughs> so might as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, if it's you know if it's something about the future, what's the harm in releasing it? Because you know, you you make your own future. You know, it's not you know it. Now, if it's something about the past where it says that the religion is not what we think it is, yeah, yes, but then at that same time, how much you if you're the church, how much faith do you put in somebody telling you that you know that your religion is fake, you know yeah um yeah it's uh, it's definitely um I don't buy the whole um that whole final secret thing is just it does it doesn't make sense. And it, it could have been at the time, maybe, I don't want to say a publicity stunt to get people to join the Catholic Church, you know, at the time. It could have been. <clears throat> but, yeah, it's, it's, sadly, it's one of those that really, like, disappointed. Because I remember as a kid, I was very fascinated by that story and um, just totally let down. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Um, it's uh, not what you expected. And. Hopefully the church doesn't come out with like, <laughs> this is part two of the secret of the fourth secret. Then it's like, you know, then you're just milking it. Right. Like, oh, we forgot to turn the back of the page. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's more in the back. <laughs> oops. Yeah. <laughs> Big oops. Yeah. Oh, so the world is going to end. Sorry, guys. Oh, so 2020 was the year. <laughs> <laughs> they tell us the next year. They're like, oh, wait a second, guys. There's something yeah. in here about a coronavirus. Yeah, there's something in here about a virus. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, 
maybe maybe in the next uh, year or so we'll find out more about this infamous letter to Fatima or Fatima. Fatima, yeah. Fatima, and uh, we'll we'll get um, we'll talk about this again in the future. So yeah, that's a that's, that's a good point. Bring it up, and we'll go into further detail about that. Yes, and and then um, uh, <laughs> we'll give our theories. So. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, I was talking with uh, to our listeners. I was talking to Jose, and we know that uh, tomorrow we're going to be looking forward to seeing the PlayStation. We'll try yes. to um, get another podcast this weekend. Again, we're sorry we're running late on this one. We'll try to get another one this weekend, maybe upload it for on Sunday, so you can hear our our what we think about the new um, PlayStation um, reveal and that. Uh, new that in the conference maybe they were going to put out these new games and we could talk about those yeah that, can't wait with that said jose is there anything uh you want to uh finish up anything you need to say yeah i'm just pretty excited about that um also i've been waiting all week i'm like oh my god you know what can that be on sunday or something like that mm-hmm. but hey it's here tomorrow so i'm definitely excited to get work over with and come right home and and you know it starts at three so it's perfect because i get off at two. Oh, that's awesome Search at three, so I'm gonna have to keep an eye out. I might. Um, uh, I'm usually on the train at that time, so hopefully I can watch it while I'm on the train. Excellent. Okay. Let's hope. Um, so with that said, again, as usual, everybody, if you're listening, you can always follow us on Twitter at Geekers Creepers. We are now officially on every podcast. Uh, well, I think almost every podcast uh, you can listen to. We are on Spotify. We are on iTunes. Um, and we are on Anchor FM, of course. Um, and then we are also just recently we are on Google Podcast. So um, we're we're just like that Joe Rogan show, guys. Just like it, minus the <laughs> listen, minus the listeners. Um, <laughs> we'll get uh, them. We'll them. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you want, follow us at Twitter at Geekers Creepers. You can also email us um, at the email geekerscreeperscast at gmail.com. As usual, I will link a copy to this, as well as a lot of the topics we talked about. I'll link copies at the description. Feel free to email us with your opinions. Tell us how much you hate us, how much you like us. Tell us what you, you know, what you want us to, you know, if you want us to change stuff. Your opinions on things we talked about, your theories on um, the creepier things we talked about, or if there's stuff you want us to touch base on. We could always, there's a ton of supernatural missing people cases, as well as video game topics and uh, pop culture topics that we could talk about. Give us a topic you want us to bring up, and we can definitely touch base on that. Um, so we're ending it now, Jose. Um, anything, any last words for the listening audience? Yeah, just, you know, hope you guys enjoy the show. If you guys listen, when you do listen, and uh, like Rob said, follow us on, on Twitter or send us, send us an email, whatever you guys want to talk about. We'll, you know, we're very interested. Fantastic. And everyone out there, thank you so much for listening. We both greatly appreciate it. We do this as a way for us to, uh, our, our little therapy session to talk about our topics of the week, as well as to, you know, have everybody out there listen to it and hopefully enjoy uh, what we talk about. And so until next time, everybody, I wish you the best in life, love, and gaming. Mm-hmm.